Hello and welcome. This is the prestigious one, Joe Hendry, here for another episode of How to Become a Pro Wrestler. In this series, I will try to give you some of the information that I wish I knew coming into professional wrestling. Again, I'm not claiming to be uh, the the most uh, renowned expert in the world by any means whatsoever. I see myself as a midpoint between. Uh, so, for example, you know, we we get lots of podcasts about people who are at the top of the game. I'm kind of at a point where I've been doing this for a few years now. It's my full time job, so I'm hoping I can explain what the business is like from that kind of perspective and let you all know what it's like to break into the pro wrestling business. Now, first up, got to give. Uh, our sponsor, a shout, Grapple Arcade. Uh, thank you very much to Grapple Arcade for helping us um, power these podcasts. But basically, you know the drill, folks. Um, we love video games. We love wrestling. Grapple Arcade is perfect. They run retro wrestling video game events around the country with loads of free-to-enter competitions. They did one for uh, around WrestleMania time there. And they had a very cool one. I got tagged in lots. Um, so you definitely want to check out their Twitter. It's at Grapple Arcade. So it's twitter.com forward slash at Grapple Arcade. And hey, it's free stuff. It's a chance to win some free stuff. So as I said, there's loads of wrestling prizes for you to check out. Um, and I think there was some tickets to a wrestling convention you could win the other day. The one I saw the other day. Uh, it was a pretty cool post. Um, also, they've launched a YouTube channel on the content side of things as well. Um, their, their channel is, uh, again, it's youtube.com forward slash grapple arcade so the handle on twitter is grapple arcade and the youtube is grapple arcade and um, they've got a show called hands off the merchandise where they unbox and review new and retro uh, merchandise you know exactly what it says on the tin it's a very cool channel um, very cool brand um so definitely want to check that out, especially if you are mad into old and new merchandise. I've got loads of friends whose rooms are just kitted out with all the old Hasbro figures and whatnot. So if you're into that sort of subculture, then definitely check them out. But also make sure you check out the Twitter for the prizes as well, folks. I mean, it's free stuff. Come on. So Twitter.com forward slash Grapple Arcade, YouTube.com forward slash Grapple Arcade. Not only that, they've also got interviews with wrestlers from around the world. And in return for sponsoring our podcast and the support, I should probably do an interview for them. Definitely got to do that at some point. Next up, you know the drill, folks. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Joe Hendry. If you love our content, that's how you can support us from $1. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash Joe Hendry. There's loads of cool, exclusive custom pops. There's t-shirts you can't get on my store or it shows. Um, there's loads of exclusive goodies. We have a weekly call uh, that we're going to do tomorrow, by the way. Uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, it will be gone by now, but for the live listeners and viewers. Um, but yes, we'll have a call tomorrow. Uh, we'll do it with myself, uh, Jabicus, and Dave as well. Um, but as one of the Patreon perks in one of the tiers uh, is you get to have a call with us and ask us questions directly. But also for our tier three patrons and above, you get a thanks on every podcast, every episode of Free Agent, basically everything we put out. So I'm going to do do that right now. I want to give a huge thanks to all of our prestigious patrons, but specifically by name, I'm going to mention James Malley, Ian Downey, Heat312, Ian Callan Lees, Tony Madden, Gordon Brown, Adam Secord, Kirsty Bailey, Gunnar, Barbara Good, Adam Wilson, Jennifer Poulton, Daniel Betancourt, Ant191, David McCarthy, Kieran Prophet Holmes, Fiona Edge, Clayton Davis, Brian Smith, James Pointer, Jordan Schofield, Laura Baird, Mark, Will Ledwith, Mal Callan, Jamie Flood, and Joe's mum. Because you know the drill. I love my family, but, you know, if they want the Patreon exclusives, they got to pay the toll. Anyway, 
Um, thank you so much to all our supporters. Please do check that out if you want to uh, if you want to support the content that we make. But now it is time for the meat and bones of this podcast. Today, what are we going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about the question um, that you've probably been asking yourself for a long time, which is, we're not going to be talking about how to become a pro wrestler specifically. I'm going to be asking you, should you become a pro wrestler? Should you become a pro wrestler specifically? Because I think in this business, people don't realize how tough it is, all right? When you get in, it's it's the toughest but most rewarding best thing I've ever done in my life. You know, it's the highest highs and the lowest lows. We've explained that on the podcast before. But when I say should you become a pro wrestler, I mean have you really considered why you want to be a pro wrestler? We talked about getting the motivation before, but really talking about the why, the reason that you want to become a pro wrestler. Why do you want to bump around a ring that's built of steel girders and wooden boards? Why do you want to be away from your friends and family? Why? Now, I think the main answer is most people say that they have a huge passion for pro wrestling, and that is you know, that's commendable. But here's the thing. If you have a passion for pro wrestling and you your dream is to be engrossed in the business and around the business and the, the, the lore of the business, the stories, being on the road, if you love experiencing the business, you need to understand that actually being a pro wrestler is not the only way to do that. We've spoke about the fact that there's a role for everyone in pro wrestling because we're talking about, again, it's not just the two wrestlers in the ring. There's the referee plays an extremely important part in that match. You've got the ring announcer. You've got the commentators. You've got managers. You've got the tech crew. You've got um, agents. You've got people backstage. I mean, agents is probably a bad example because, you know, nine times out of ten, you kind of need to have been a wrestler to be an agent. So let's forgo that one for just now. But promoters as well. That's another thing. You'll find a lot of promoters um, who trained to be a wrestler in the first instance, then drifted more towards promoting and I can you know I can understand that like business is really addictive when you start to um, when something starts to catch on a little bit it gets really addictive and some people go you know what I actually kind of prefer the business side of things and that's completely understandable again a lot of people who go to become wrestlers uh, again I know ring announcers who started training as wrestlers and then became ring announcers I know referees most referees I mean all the referees I know started out as training as pro wrestlers before they became referees. What I'm trying to get across to you people is that being a wrestler is not the only way to experience that aspect of the business. I still encourage you to go and train as a wrestler. Even if you want to do one of these things, it never hurts, right? It never hurts to know every single aspect of the business. So if you want to do one of these things, then I encourage you to find a quality training school and go and see if it is for you first and foremost. But I just want you to understand that it's not the only way to experience this side of the business. You know, there's so many people that we interact with who are involved in it, who are still a part of the culture, who are still a huge part of the locker room, a huge part of the show, the show can't go ahead without these people um, and I just want to make it clear that you know actually being a pro wrestler is not the only way to experience it if that's the reason that you're doing it I'm not saying don't become a wrestler I'm just saying know that there's other ways to get that feeling to achieve that dream to be a part of the wrestling business that's kind of what I'm trying to get across to you I'm not trying to discourage you to be a pro wrestler I'm just saying if that if it if it so happens that that is not for you then there are 
very viable alternatives is basically what I'm saying. So, um, but again, I challenge you to go and try to become a pro wrestler. Another thing I want to uh, talk about briefly is the length of this podcast because usually, traditionally, uh, the How to Become a Pro Wrestler podcast clock in at about an hour. And it was a few weeks ago I realized, I was like, why are they an hour long? And they're an hour long because I make them an hour long. But I think if I could be critical of myself, what I've found myself doing in the past is when they're falling short of an hour, I'm just kind of covering old ground and saying the same things. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really help anyone. We've spoke about it before. Time is the most valuable commodity. So I've decided I'm going to do these podcasts a little bit differently. Uh, These podcasts are going to be however long they need to be. If it goes an hour, it goes an hour. If it goes an hour and a half, it goes an hour and a half. Whereas if I'm giving you a topic that really only needs 20 minutes to get through it, then so be it. You know, I kind of, I want to make these as efficient as possible. So I expect this episode to run under an hour today. And that is the reason Um, for that being the case. um, So again, I want to get back to the why do you want to be a pro wrestler? Because I think a lot of people, what they don't prepare themselves for is, again, the physical and the mental challenges that come along with it. As someone who has, you know, before I go out, I get a much uh, more relaxed now by just the, the the stage fright I used to get was just unbelievable. So just I'm not saying don't do it. But just be aware that if you're going to become a pro wrestler, actually making your debut, actually becoming a wrestler, it's a very difficult thing. There are times, I remember before I wrestled Kurt Angle, I was like, I, I can't believe that I'm about to do this. And I almost had to, you're so nervous and anxious that I actually had to kind of force myself to walk through the curtain. And then once you're through, it's like, you know, just something changes, a gear switches and, and you're there, you know, but... um just be aware that, again, that is something that's really tough to do, and a lot of people just don't want that pressure. Um, so, again, the, one of these other roles is a potential route that you can do, go down if you don't want to do that. Another reason that people transition is because I get so many comments um, from people who say, look, Joe, I enjoy the series, I want to do this, but I've got this health problem, I've got this issue, that issue, I don't, I can't commit to this, I can't do this, da 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 variety of reasons. Look, there are other things that you can do to experience the business. If you if you genuinely think that your body cannot take the bumps and the punishment that this business is going to dish out, then maybe you can still get that feeling of being a part of the match. I mean, I don't think people realize how important the referee is to the overall contribution of the match. You can still have an extremely meaningful contribution, uh, sorry, contribution to the art form that is professional wrestling by being a referee. You know, we are we have some amazing referees in the UK and worldwide who are just complete students of the game you know in wwe referees are they're they're senior staff you know i i've, I've seen a, the the referees are very high up the totem pole you know so don't think for a second that being a, a referee needs to be a step down from being a pro wrestler because it doesn't trust me you can have a fantastic career um, with lots of responsibilities um, and you can make a, a significant contribution to the business in that role in fact i might even look to approach some of the referees i know in in scotland who might be willing to come on the podcast and talk about that because I'm curious a how they got there and b 
also what their experience of being a referee is. I'm really uh, keen to hear about those things. So if that's something uh, you guys would like to, to see, then leave it in the comments and let me know. I think, again, with this series, what I'm going to do is there, there comes a point where if I do this every week, there's only so long that I can go before I start repeating myself. So what I've decided to do, like I did last week, is you know maybe every every second week or whatever it is, I will get a guest on because it's important for it's important to draw knowledge from as many different sources as possible. And again, I can just present you with one person's opinion. Whereas if I get different experts on every week, then I can perhaps give you a more rounded uh, viewpoint of the business of professional wrestling. So refereeing is something that I definitely uh, want to investigate for people who might want to be in the business, but maybe think that being a pro wrestler isn't for them. I mentioned some of the mental um, aspects of it, you know, like say before you walk through the curtain, those nerves, it is, it is quite uh, overwhelming at times. Also, um, do you, I mean, for me, I saw a clip of Triple H uh, the other day when he was talking about his diet for WrestleMania and he said something that really struck a chord with me because recently I've been really, really trying hard with diet and exercise and I am making progress, but don't get me wrong, I was kind of uh, looking in the mirror the other day after amateur wrestling training. I went back, by the way. Um, I haven't stepped on a mat since uh, I won my last British title. I just needed a clean break for a while. So I've had like a five-month break. Felt great to be back. But after the session, I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm eating all the right things. I'm training all the time. Something's going wrong. You know, not going wrong because I'm not, I'm not taking steps back, but the progress has kind of slowed a little. And I'm like, you know, what is going on here? And I realized that I'm maybe not being as super strict with the diet as I should be. And Triple H said something, I had to get back to that, I digress a little there. But Triple H said, food just becomes fuel at this point. That's all it is, nothing more. He explains that maybe he has a cheat meal once a week or whatever, but food is just fuel to him at this point. And that really struck a chord with him. And that, and that was like, he's so right. Food just has to be fuel to me. And that's a, another sacrifice that you have to make as a pro wrestler, especially if you want to do it at a higher level because look at the, the competition nowadays. Everywhere, wrestling is good. Every promotion has great wrestlers. People are getting in better, better shape and it's like, how are you going to stand out? Are you willing to make the sacrifices you need to with food? And I thought about that. I love food, you know? I absolutely love food. And I thought, am I willing to make that sacrifice that food just becomes fuel? And the answer is yes. It's a uh, begr begrudgingly saying yes, but, you know, I have to think about it and go, you know, if I want to be at that level, if I want to perform at WrestleMania someday, then, yeah, food just has to become fuel. If you want to be a wrestler, you know, um, unless you're going to be a super heavyweight, your food is fuel. It's not something to, don't get me wrong, there are ways to enjoy your food and I'm sure we can have, you know, an expert come on and explain how you can do that because I'm sure it can be done. But you have to look at your food primarily as something that is helping you get closer to your goal, not something that you enjoy several times a day. Because look, I love chocolate, I love crisps, I love pizza, I love pies, I love chippies, I love every bad meal that you can possibly get. <laughs> but I think I love the idea of being the world champion more. And again, it's that Arnold Schwarzenegger clip that I always uh, direct you guys back to, which is the uh, training for mass one, when he says, yeah, sure, I'm hungry for pizza, I'm hungry for 
ice cream. But I was more hungry for being Mr. Olympia. Now, I'm not that, you know, I'm, I don't have that same goal, but I'm just saying the sentiment is the same. What are you more hungry for? If you're someone who says, you know, I want to be in the pro wrestling business, I, I want to, but you know what? Maybe I don't want to make that exact sacrifice. And you know what? That's okay. That's totally okay. Maybe you can do that. Maybe you're maybe you're a heavier wrestler. You want to be a super heavyweight, whatever. Maybe you're a bulkier dude or or girl. You just want to go for a, a bigger physique, and that's cool too. But I think I'm speaking to the the majority of people who want to be a pro wrestler and say that your food isn't really just about having a laugh now and, and eating the things that you want to. Are you willing to do that? Some people aren't. Well, let's look at the other. Um, things in the business that you can do, you know, again, referee is probably not the best example with that, because now you'll notice that a lot of referees are in fantastic condition, you know, so, but let's look at the other things that aren't maybe impacted by that, you can ring announcing is something that you could do, again, promoting, commentating, being a manager, there's so many things that you can do if you aren't, you know, maybe, maybe you just don't want to invade that aspect of your life and that is okay that's the whole point of this series i'm trying to tailor build this series to to you folk that are watching and listening because what i'm trying to get across and what i've learned the hard way is that there's not one set way to do things and that's it no there are, there are a multitude of paths to the top there are a multitude of paths you just have to figure it out you have to figure out what's right for you the reason for me that eat, treating food as fuel has to work for me is because for my gimmick, I have to have that main event kind of Hollywood physique, if you will. And I think to myself, do you know how much more I would be doing if I had, you know, uh, a top level physique? And that's what keeps me motivated. That's what helps me make the right choices. And don't, I mean, I, I had the other day, actually, um, there's a a guy I know called Mark who listens to the podcast, but he's a uh, you know he's he's ripped right, and he left a comment on one of the times that we were talking about food and nutrition. He says, you know, I I have to say I don't entirely agree with what you're talking about about nutrition. And there comes a point where I look at myself in the mirror, I look at him in the mirror, and I go, well, I didn't see him in his mirror, but like I see him on his Instagram, and I go, you know what, man, like you clearly know more about this than me, so why don't you come on the podcast and talk about it? So I'm totally open to different ways of doing things and learning new things. So I'll, I'm going to approach him and see if we can get him on. And uh, I've got another, uh, I, I believe, I think it's James uh, Pointer. I th I, if I think I'm going to, I'm going to double check this and be horrified if I've got it wrong. But I think that's his name. Another bodybuilder who uh, follows the show again. He's pretty ripped. I think we'll probably we can maybe even get the both of them on the same podcast and talk about their philosophies. Myself and Dave in episode nine, I believe, went over the basics of health and fitness for being a pro wrestler. But I think these guys can really help us dial it into the next level to get you know ripped because um, it's different physiques, you know, for. Uh, like I've got a lot of work to do, but I think Dave has kind of nailed it for his kind of, you know, um, for his kind of heavyweight physique, whereas these guys are super lean. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to go down the, the, the lean route and see where that takes me. But anyway, I digress. You get the idea. If you're not willing to commit to that level of um, intrusion, if you will, in your, in, in your life, then perhaps it might be a it might be time to look at other roles. Uh, the other thing is, I think what I've learned from life, um, from 
leaving university, turning down a, a grad job, doing the band for 10 years, it not really getting where I wanted it to get, and then transitioning to pro wrestling, um, and now I'm doing podcasting, and you know, the whole host of other things, we've got free agent, we've got all this stuff going on, you know, again, and another thing, I've been to the Commonwealth Games, which is just, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know, by the way, I've never mentioned it, but my point is, um, the reason I went to the Commonwealth Games is because I saw an opening for a heavyweight, uh, right, well, 97 kilo weight class. I, I looked at myself, I looked at my skill set and I thought, you know, I reckon I can do this. And I, I think most of the things that I've done in my life that have really paid dividends are things where I've looked at and gone, you know, I, I think I can do this. And again, that's worked with wrestling, pro wrestling, amateur wrestling, with podcasting, with live streaming. I encourage you, if you look at something and say, I think I can do this, then give it a shot. That's what's so amazing about pro wrestling is there's so many roles within pro wrestling. We are, do you not understand we are in one of the greatest times for artistically for pro wrestling there's ever been? Because now, right now, the business is blowing up both independently and on a major scale. Like I understand, you know, I know it's not the attitude either and all that, but in terms of finances, the business is blowing up on all metrics in terms of uh, the, I'm not talking about viewership, viewership, I'm talking about financial metrics. The business is blowing up and there's more opportunities than there's ever been on the independent scene. That's not always going to be the case because now that wrestling's the cool thing to do, there's going to be so many more people looking to do it and all the talent's going to come over to pro wrestling. You're seeing all these MMA fighters who are transitioning over. Talent is going to start drifting over to pro wrestling and it is going to flood the market, if you will. Whereas right now, you've got an opportunity where there's still all these spots available, but there's still not the... The, 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 the competition isn't oversaturated yet. If you're thinking about it, now's the time. If you even half think you want to be a pro wrestler, go and give it a shot because one of two things is going to happen. You're going to get in that ring and you're going to hate it after the first bump and you're never going to want to do it again or you're going to get in and you're going to absolutely fall in love with it like most people do. Or let's throw in a third. You're going to do it. You're still going to love the business, but you're going to say, you know what? Being a wrestler isn't for me, but one of these other roles is. Again, as I spoke to you, we've covered uh, the, the idea of refereeing, but let's look at the other, the other things as well. Again, another thing that I got the opportunity to do, and this is, I want to be clear here, this is not me putting myself over and going, I've done X, Y, and Z because, you know, I didn't do the band to a high level. You know, I did some cool stuff. I got to do some cool stuff. I, we got to do some tours. We supported some big bands. But I would not look back on my time with the band and go, you know, I was successful. Because it wasn't successful, you know. But I learned so many skills that I carried over to wrestling by being able to do uh, music you know, is, is what helped me get myself over with the entrances. The, I challenge you to try all the different things that are available to you because your skills will transition. You know, this is so important. Transferable skills, that, that thing we always get told about when we're doing CVs and all that nonsense, right? Um, but basically, I actually digressed because the, the point I was making there, folks, is life is really, for me, when I learned this at uni, and the thing is, I went to uni for business and marketing, and most of it, education-wise, didn't really resonate with me. There were two lessons that are really, and to be honest, they could probably be incorporated with one, supply versus demand. We've talked about this on the show before. I'm not going to bore you with the economics of that, but it's very simple. The supply is, you know, for example, let's say the amount of wrestlers that are out there, um, so the supply of wrestlers, where there, then there's a demand of wrestlers. You know, if it, I mean, we could take an example of, you know, 
I've got one of my custom pops over there. If I make five of them, that's the supply of five, but 10 people want to buy them. There's a, you know, the demand has exceeded the supply. I need to figure out a way to balance that out. If I make 10 and only five people want to buy them and I need to lower the price enough to, to make that match. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about with supply and demand. How that's going to relate to what I'm talking about is basically in life, there's what you want to supply. So you go, if I say my dream is to uh, be a pro wrestler, that's my dream. That's what I want to supply. That's what I want to supply. I want to be a pro wrestler. I want to be, I want to be like, I want to have a career like Goldberg, where I just go out and, and squash everybody in a few minutes and be the biggest star ever. But that's what I want to supply. And the demand is, you know, does the industry need, is, is Joe Henry right now the wrestler to take on that role and to do that? Is there a demand for that? Well, not really. Where could I fit in there? And I want you to apply that to yourself. You need to think, like, again, I was told by someone high up in the business, they say, you know, they ask them, like, well, what do you bring to the table? They go, well, you know, I'm, I'm the best wrestler, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they can turn around and go, well, we've already got one of them. What else can you do? And what I mean by that is it's like, you need a niche. For me, I was the singing wrestler. I do the entrances. I do that. Sure. Everybody wants to be the ass kicking world champion. But again, when I got into ICW, what I did is I went the other way. I went the PG route. I tried to be I tried to be different from everybody else because there was an oversaturation of people that were wanting to be kind of, you know, hardcore and kind of they wanted to be the big tough guy and all that. If there's 20 folk in the roster that want to be the tough guy, only a few can. Whereas I was the only one that was like doing Christmas songs, you know what I mean? So there's going to be a spot for me. So basically, I find that life is really about balancing that supply and demand. There's, again, something, look this up if you're a real business geek. It's called Porter's Five Forces, I think it's called. And you look at all the different things that you need to consider before you go into a new business. But it really comes down to this, right? What you need to do is, I'm going to forget the term supply and demand. What do you want to do and what do people want? You got to match them. You got to match them up right in the middle. You got to look and you got to go, okay, so I'm splitting the screen in half here. Uh, this here is what the market wants. This here is my dream. So, um, you know, like I say, over here, you want to be uh, the ass kicking world champion. But right now, they're telling you that, well, you can be on the main roster right now. Uh, we need a tag team. So you go, you know what? It's not quite my dream. But actually, I'm going to get closer to this if I take up that opportunity to be a tag team wrestler and then transition into this. That's just one example. But the point I'm making, folks, is that was my journey from, uh, from, you know, I started like doing acting classes when I was a teenager from, you know, failing acting auditions to being in a, a, you know, an unsuccessful band to being a pro wrestler to doing amateur wrestling to, you know, Twitch streaming and broadcasting and commentating and amateur wrestling and all the stuff I've done. I've basically thought, what do I want to do? And where is there opportunity in the market? What, what do I want? What can I do? What am I passionate about that I want to do? And what, what do people want? Where are the opportunities at? Can I match these? things up there's loads of things i want to do to be honest with you like i would there, there are so many things that i would love to do but there isn't a, an opportunity waiting for me to do it so i'm going to give time to the, to the opportunities that i can see in front of me and from what i've learned life is really about um kind of almost like imagine this is going to be a terrible analogy but i'll try my best imagine you're in a rowing boat right and the stream is carrying you this way Right, so you have to go with the stream. 
You have to go with the stream, but you can guide yourself. Well, maybe, you know what, I'm going this way because this is where the market's going, but I'm going to put my own spin on it and go this way. That's what I'm saying, people. And how that relates to you is not only within wrestling, but also, let's say your goal is to be, you know, a millionaire. Let's just use that as a basic example. Then, okay, so you get offered a job as, uh, let's say, I, I Let's just forget this example. I'm, I'm drifting too far off. My point is just if you, like, so for example, for me, my goal was to be a world champion pro wrestler, but I had to take a job as a marketing uh, officer at a school because I needed more money to buy wrestling gear, to get a computer, to get cameras, to pay my rent, to do all these things. So I didn't want to do this at all, but I had to do it to take the steps closer to my goal, but I drifted through that part of my life because I was like, I'm going to steer into this now. What I'm saying is think of your life, the things that happen in your life like this stream and just try your best to steer into the opportunities that present themselves because trust me, there are hundreds of opportunities for you that arise every single day that you do not take. You know, you need to take these opportunities. You need to be a bit bold. You need to break a few rules, you know, to, to make things happen. You need to upset the system. You need to you need to really put yourself out there and just go for it. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall on your arse every now and then. But sometimes taking these opportunities and going, like I remember one time, like I, I, I remember I really had, really had to fight to get these entrances to happen. And I remember people were like, uh, and I was like, no, I know it's going to work. Just trust me. I had to fight for it so hard and I only got one opportunity to do it. But pushing that through made everything worthwhile. So what I'm trying to say to you and how that relates to wrestling is let's say you start wrestling. I'll give you an opportunity right now. So originally for, here's, here's one for you, five-star wrestling. Let's talk about that, right? So when five-star wrestling started, they told me, then, then the first episode. Let's remember that the the first episode, or or was it, yeah, it was the first live episode. Um, there was original. I'm not going to say who because I don't know if this is uh, common knowledge or not. But a very major name in wrestling was originally meant to be uh, Greg Lambert's broadcast colleague um, for Five Star Wrestling um, because they signed a major contract. They could no longer do that. It left a spot open right towards the end and uh, Dan who ran Five Star Wrestling said to me, he was like, look, I need a commentator. I think you'd be good at doing it. Is this something you want to do? Here's your options. And he said to me, right, here's the options. You can either commentate or you can wrestle on the uh, the untelevised portion of the show or you can try and do both. What do you want to do? And this is like this is kind of on the day I've got to make this decision. And I made the decision to only do commentary. And I'm going to tell you my justification for it. Here's an example. I wanted to be a world champion wrestler. If you give me any spot on that show, it would be to be, to be the five-star wrestling champion, right? But here's the thing. I'd, I thought about it and I was like, look, who, who's got more... Who's getting more out of being on TV? Either Jerry the King Lawler or someone who is not, who's wrestling on the dark match, someone who's not on TV. And I thought, Jerry the King Lawler all day. You know, and I'm not talking about now, I'm talking about back when he was doing stuff in the ring and commentating every so often. So in my mind, I was like, look, no one's going to see if I wrestle uh, on the non-televised segment. And if I do that, I'm not going to be able to research the opponents, the matches, the things that are going on on the show 
I'm not going to be prepared if I do this match. And the match is probably going to be half-assed as well. So I was like, look, and it was wrestling a major name, by the way. But I thought, look, if I do this commentary, I'm going to be on TV for three hours or something like that. And then potentially on a weekly basis. So people are going to hear my voice. I'm going to be not viewed, but I'm going to be heard more than anyone else on the show other than Greg or I can wrestle on non-televised segments. And if those are the two options that are available to me, well, by doing the commentary, I know I'm going to get myself over more. And so when I do wrestle, it's going to be a big deal, you know? And unfortunately, Five Star went under very quickly indeed. Uh, Not due to my commentary, by the way, but I did try very hard for that. One of them I actually called uh, myself for a large portion of it because Greg had a lot of jobs backstage. But uh, I, you know, I really uh, learned so much from five star wrestling. So look, there were things that went wrong. There were there were disasters going on backstage. We were putting out fires constantly, not literally, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, business fires. I mean, like things going wrong, things that need solved. You know, you weren't just. I wasn't just a commentator. I became kind of. You know, I ended up sitting in on production meetings and stuff like that. But again. That wasn't my dream to be a commentator, but by doing that, I got to learn the business from a production point of view. I got to learn about being a commentator, you know? So now that I've done commentary on live television, to I would say a decent standard, now I know what is helpful to commentators. So now when I wrestle on TV, I know the things that I can say to the commentators that will help uh, them get me over, if you will. So I have absolutely no regrets about making that choice, and that's the example that I was talking about. If I rigidly stick to my guns of being a wrestler, I'm potentially turning down, you know, a fantastic weekly gig on TV as a, a broadcast, call, you know, as a, a broadcaster. So that's just one example where it was never my dream to be a commentator, but I'm, I'm going down the stream of, okay, the promoter does not see me as the world champion here, but they are seeing me as someone who's charismatic and maybe I'm putting myself in a position where I can one day take steps towards being a champion, you know, that sort of thing. So that's the example I'm trying to use. Uh, basically, if you are kind of thinking about being a pro wrestler, there are other things. You Cody Graves is the classic example. You know, fantastic commentator. Um, again, who you unfortunate unfortunate career ending injuries, but has now got a fantastic career. Who now? Let's we can't say for sure, but I mean it's entirely possible, and in my opinion, probable that well, it's definite that he's, he's probably known by more people. He's heard by more people. He's more visible on the product by being a commentator than a wrestler, if you know what I mean. Um, so, again, that's one example of someone who has transitioned to another role in the business. I'm just making the point. You don't rigidly need to stick to this idea of being a pro wrestler. If you want to be successful in pro wrestling, here's the other thing as well. If Cody Graves ever did get cleared to become a wrestler, He's now in a position where the audience know him so much more that if he was to wrestle, it would be a huge deal, arguably more than if he had just been a wrestler. And I'm not telling every wrestler or every trainee that's listening to go ahead and become a commentator. I'm just trying to illustrate the point that there's more... Uh, there's what, I'm tired, folks. There's more than one way to... And I was thinking of all the... All the, uh, the, the um, metaphors that we could use there but there's let's just say there's there's uh more than one method 
to get yourself to where you want to be. That was horrible. I wish I, I wish I could remember. Um, let me know in the comments. There's more than one way to finish that sentence. Um, so, um, yeah, that's that's one example. I think in life you have to follow your passions, but you also you have to. Here's the key word: respond. You have to respond to what's going on. So. Um, for example, there are other things that you can do in the business. So we've talked about commentary. Um, but let's talk about uh, being a manager as well. Maybe you love being a character. Maybe you love the aspects of the pro wrestling business. But the physicality of it is just not for you. Now, we know managers need to get involved every so often. But it's few and far between. You know, you can be a manager in pro wrestling without it being any sort of risk to your health. That's something else you can do. But also promoting is promoting is a fantastic option and I you know it's again to get into that if you if you want to get into that my advice is just get involved start helping out a show and learn how the show works because you can learn about the show one or two ways you can jump right into promoting and you can you know make mistakes that are going to cost you money or you can actually uh, by just working at shows you can pick up a whole bunch of things you can make contacts you can learn so much about the business by just being around it um, rather than you know just immediately running your own shows, but the point is, look, everyone's got the dream of holding up the world title. So I'm just going to cram my back here and take a quick sip of coffee. There we go. Um, like I say, the, if your dream is to be involved with pro wrestling, there's not one single avenue to do so. So I'm just saying, if you if you, but I still at the core of that, encourage you to go and train and see if it's for you. Go and train once at a high quality wrestling school. I don't care how far away it is. I had to travel, you know, travel two plus hours to get to my training school and I did it multiple times a week without batting an eyelid because I wanted it that badly. You might get to train and realize you don't want it that badly. The other thing is, are you willing to do, you know, a couple hundred squats, like push-ups, sit-ups, the lot? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do the drills? You, you, you might not. You might love pro wrestling, but you realize mentally, actually, I'm just not willing to do these things. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to become a wrestler. And it's just, or you're not going to become a good wrestler. And that's kind of a, that's a harsh thing. So I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> oh, pardon me. Um, but yes, the reality is most people who start wrestling are going to drop out because it's very, 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 very tough. But... If the actual physical pro wrestling aspect of it is not for you, there are so many other ways to be involved. The other thing is you might not like the wrestling business. There are plenty of ways to be involved without actually being in the business. You know, you could start your own blog. You could start writing reviews. You could start your own YouTube channel. You can start doing live reactions. Like if you if you look at the cultaholic guys, like you're talking about Adam Pacitti, Jack the Jobber, like even um, if you look at Simon Miller, who by the way now is a wrestler, he's a fantastic example. Look at him, right? He's coming to wrestling later in life, but he comes to wrestling with this massive fan base that he has built up doing other stuff. So again, he is already. He maybe doesn't realize how much of the puzzle he's already solved by having that fan base that he can now leverage in this world of the pro wrestling business because he's an, a successful online personality as well. So, and again, trust me, the the cool thing about 
for example, if you're Adam Pacitti or Jack the Job or anyone at Cultaholic or that sort of thing, is you can enjoy the business, you can be a part of the business, but they don't necessarily have to get involved with any locker room politics or any of the nonsense or any of that stuff. They can kind of observe it from afar, which definitely has its advantages. So again, that's something else you can do. Look at somebody like uh, Kenny McIntosh, a good friend of mine, Inside the Ropes. Look at the tours he's doing. He's, he's worked with the biggest names in the business, the biggest names in the business, and he's done it all himself. He's built up from scratch. He started off with, a, or I believe it was a radio show, and then a, a podcast. I believe he's got the one of the longest-running podcasts in wrestling, then transitioned into doing live shows, and now he's then doing tours, and he's working with the biggest names in the business, and now he's got access to WWE superstars. He's a respected member of the media, writes the daily record as well that was the chair not me if you can hear that noise on the mic it's a noisy chair trust there we go <laughs> there it is again um but my point is again that's someone who does not have to deal with the uh the the darker side of the business if you will which is the the, the nonsense the politics the bs all that stuff that I, I mean to be honest with you like that is the biggest downside for me, is the negativity that's around the business. There's so much negative energy. It's so You have to work really hard in life to surround yourself with positive people, but I feel like you have to work 10 times harder in pro wrestling. I always say this to people, in pro wrestling, you will find the best and the worst people that you will ever meet in equal measure. You just have to work hard to, you're going to have to work with whoever, but when it, when it comes to who your friends are, that you can choose. And when you get to a point in pro wrestling, you can choose who's in your wrestling car. You can kind of, you can kind of engineer who you're hanging around with because that's important. You hear that phrase about you're a product of the five people that you're closest to, and I kind of tend to agree with that. So that's very important as well. Um, I, you know what? I think I'm going to probably wrap this up because I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here. And again, if I continue on, then I'm just going to be effectively repeating stuff that I'm saying. So to recap, um, should you become a pro wrestler? Uh, I don't know. I can't answer that question for you. The way to find out is to go and start training and see if it's for you. You'll know very quickly if you've got the itch or if you haven't. Like I said, one of three things is going to happen. You're going to go along, you're going to fall in love with it, you're going to continue, or you're going to absolutely hate it, you're never going to want to do it again, or you're going to absolutely love being there and being involved, but the actual physical aspect of it is maybe not for you. And you're going to transition to another role in the business. Um, again, I know people who have, I, I considered that. I remember uh, when it was not Impact, it was TNA. They had like a marketing job that was advertised on their, their website. I actually know the person who got the job. Um, I met them uh, later in my wrestling career. But I remember before being a wrestler, I'd considered applying for that job because I had a first class in business and marketing. I thought, well, if I can get in there and then I can somehow get into training, again, that would get me access to key people in the business and I could transition in. That was a theory. Turns out I did it a different way, but my mind was open to going in that way. There's no one set way to do it. So like I say, you may go along to tra you may go along to training, you'll love it. You may go along, you'll hate it, or you may go along and you'll know that you love the business, but you'll go, you know what, whether it's mentally or you've got too too many other commitments or you you, you think your family situation won't allow you to do it. Um, if you get into wrestling, because so many people ask me, that's one of the key comments I get is people ask me, I don't think I can be a wrestler because of this reason or a health reason or whatever. I need you to understand that there are a million ways 
to be involved in pro wrestling. There is a role for everyone in pro wrestling. My advice is to try different things. Open your mind to, like I say, going along with that stream. Don't fight against it. Just kind of steer it into the way you want. You, It can still be a part of your narrative. You can effectively write your own story, but you can't control that stream. You kind of got to go along with it, but you can write your own story within that. You can use that to leverage yourself eventually to where you want to get. I just need those people to understand who ask me that even if you don't become a wrestler, if maybe you shouldn't become a wrestler, because who knows, there are so many other ways to be involved. Don't write yourself off for that reason. There are so many ways to be involved. If you go along and it's not for you, start helping out with shows, you know, start learning skills, start offering your skills to promoters, you know, how can you help? How can you get involved? You just want to get your foot in the door at this point, you know, but I reckon if you do have an aspiration to be a wrestler, go and train, see how you get on, see if it's for you. For most of you, it won't be, but for some of you, it will be. I've been the prestigious one, Joe Hendry, and this has been How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Once again, I'd like to thank all of my prestigious patrons and also Grapple Arcade for supporting the prestigious one. I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, if you have, what would be amazing is if you could leave me a, a wee review on uh, on iTunes. Uh, leave the podcast a review. Let us know what you think. Um, it's all super appreciated. Also, jump on patreon.com forward slash Joe Hendry if you want to support. And we'll be uploading this to YouTube eventually as well. So it's youtube.com forward slash Joe Hendry. Go subscribe there. Every single subscribe helps. And if you are watching this on YouTube, check out one of the other videos that comes up on the screen now, but most of all, subscribe and check out the Patreon as well. In fact, just do all of it. Do all those things. Anyway, thank you folks. I shall see you next time. And there we have it. Another podcast in the books. Um, thank you very much to everyone who is watching. I think uh, there was a question asked um, by Kieran, I believe it was. I will. I, that well, I'll probably answer it in tomorrow's. Um, so yeah, there's someone in the comments as well saying that they've learned. They feel they've learned more by doing multiple roles in the business. So I would certainly advise that to people. Now, people, tomorrow we're going to be back podcasting. Uh, we're going to be filming free agent. Um, I've got. I'm going tomorrow morning to film a cameo. Then we'll be coming back to film the guys sections. Uh, i.e. Uh, Javicus and Dave. Um, so the episode will go live on Friday. Um, yeah, so that's it. I I do want I want to do a video game stream soon, but I'm going to hype it up. I think I might do Final Fantasy VII for the Switch. I don't know. Let me know what you guys want to see. I'm going to put up a tweet and we'll see what gets the most votes. But I'm going to have to go just now, folks, because I have a... Um, I have to get to the gym. Got to get to the gym. So the gym's been going good. Like I say, I'm carrying a little bit extra around here. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to work it out. I'm on this journey like everybody else. But I feel a bit more solid in the arms, a bit more solid in the shoulders. I feel, you know, I feel like these lifts are paying off. So let's see how I get on, folks. But um, I will give you all a shout tomorrow. We'll be back online about, I think, probably about 3 o'clock, half to 3 o'clock tomorrow. So if you're around, I shall see you then. I've been the prestigious one. Thank you so much, folks. See you next time.